So we've been looking at this text in uh, Romans 8, and it uh, covers the question, does Christ, does Jesus Christ bring us back to the law so that we can obey it? Or is Christ Jesus an entirely different way of relating to God from what the law is? Well, this is an important question, and I'm going to push it a little bit more today, and I hope it doesn't sound or isn't too technical. I mean, in this uh, age in which... uh, Many Christians are not versed in Scripture. Um, Even when they go to church, they don't hear much of it. Um, This may not seem very relevant to you, but if you have been uh, dipped in Scripture and and versed in it, and uh, uh, then some people come along and misinterpret it, then this is for you. I hope that doesn't sound too um, obfuscating or too confusing, but anyway, let's try it. Let's give it a bash, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in the book of Romans, and this, when we know it uh, by faith, we really understand the heart of God towards us and are not tripped up by all of these uh, um, these different interpretations that would lead us back into stress and law and guilt and shame again. Listen any time of the day or night to the program by downloading a free app, SoundCloud or Spotify or Podbean, and uh, key in how it happens when you get there. Do the same with Google Podcasts, or listen in on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning, on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. So Paul, in chapter 8 of Romans, uh, this wonderful chapter on freedom from the power of death in our lives and at the end of our lives, uh, then this uh, says this, for what the law, and this is a passage that can be well misunderstood, and that's why I'm going to approach it again, but uh, with a quotation, very important quotation from the famous uh, uh, theologian Anders Nigren in his commentary on Romans. This is what the passage says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So that's the quote. Now I'm going to read from Anders Nigren, and he says it put, puts it in uh, briefer words than I did yesterday. I hope you catch the gist of it. Forgive me if this is uh, just too technical, but uh, I think it may really help some people. All right, these words, says Anders Nigren, have often occasioned misunderstanding. It has been held that Paul here says expressly that the believer has been so changed that he can, by his works, fulfill all the requirements of the law. And is it not that further that and is not that further stated as the goal of the work of Christ? Paul says, in order that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. According to that interpretation, this would be Paul's meaning. The law sets forth God's demands of us, 
and only if they are met in every point can we stand as righteous before God. But no one can by nature fulfill the requirements of the law in that way. The weakness of the flesh makes that impossible for him. But in this situation God comes to him with help. He gives him Christ, and he gives him the Spirit. Thereby he receives the ability which he formerly lacked. Now by the strength of God that God gives him, he can fulfill the requirements of the law. Thus righteousness is finally attained. The relation between the law and the gospel is accordingly understood in this way, that the law is the goal and the gospel is the means to that goal. But this, such an interpretation, flies directly in the face of Paul's whole teaching. On the contrary, it is just such a view that he opposes. He has never considered it the mission of the gospel to make possible righteousness by the law. Righteousness by the law never ceases to be for Paul an expression of the false way of salvation. But it must further be pointed out that this interpretation is also directly opposed to what Paul says in the passage under discussion. That this is true is obscured in some measure by the expression, the just requirement of the law. Do you see, when people hear the just requirement of the law, well, they say, all right, well, that's what we are supposed to do. The law requires us to obey, and, and therefore uh, we learn by the aid of Christ to obey the law. But this is a false interpretation. So let me read that again, that this is true, is obscured, in some measure, by the expression, the just requirement of the law. But what is the meaning of the law's righteousness? To be able to understand that question correctly, it ought to be observed that this word stands in contrast with the law's condemnation. Now remember, we looked at Romans chapter 3, didn't we? Where it says that no flesh will be justified by the deeds of the law. The deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul has, in an earlier passage, set these two in juxtaposition, that is, the righteousness of the law and the condemnation of the law. There he spoke of the condemnation which came through Adam and of the status of righteousness, the righteousness which came through Christ. What is the end and purpose of the law? It can be said to be twofold in this way. One, the law is the expression of God's will. The end for which it works is that the righteousness of God shall prevail. 
We should note that this is something quite different from the righteousness of the law. Do you understand that? I'm coming to my own words now. The righteousness of God is not the righteousness of the law. Remember Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God, apart from law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is that righteousness of God? Even the righteousness of God through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So the righteousness of God is Jesus Christ, not the law. So, let me repeat that. Number one, uh, one is uh, back to Nigran now. The law is the expression of God's holy will. The end for which it works is that the righteousness of God shall prevail. We should note that this is something quite different from the righteousness of the law. The law is not working for that end. On the contrary, Paul has stressed most emphatically that the law itself testifies against righteousness by the law. Isn't that an irony? The law itself testifies against righteousness by the law. And it testifies for the righteousness of faith. If one asks about the ultimate purpose of the law, he should not forget this positive mission to bear witness to the righteousness of God. That is, the righteousness of the law, the good purpose of the law, is to testify to the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus. I hope you're getting this. I'm sorry if it's too technical. But we need to, uh, and, and it may not matter to you. You say, well, what the heck, Colin? It doesn't matter anyway, because you may not be well-versed in Scripture. But if you have been well-versed in Scripture over the years, then this verse misinterpreted, these verses misinterpreted, will torment you. And you will think that I have to be, to, to gain the righteousness of the law. No, you do not. The law testifies against such righteousness. The righteousness that the law testifies to is the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So it is with this in mind that Paul says the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. And in 7 verse 10, he makes the simple declaration that the commandment was given for life. Primarily then, the law is in the service of life. It bears witness to the righteousness of God, which includes life. That is the righteousness of the law. The righteousness of the law is to bear witness to the righteousness of God. So number two, but when the law confronts man's sin, it becomes a condemning law. And we have to understand that that is the situation we are in. Our sinful, our fallen human nature cannot attain to the law to all these works and regulations, and even to moral perfection because of the condition of our sinful nature. And so what Paul is teaching us when he says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, it is that the purpose of the law is to point to the righteousness of Christ. And therefore, when we trust in Jesus and we go forward by faith, living 
as if his life were ours, and as if the judgment that was upon him in his crucifixion was the judgment that was upon us, so that we are released from condemnation, and the resurrection of Jesus is actually counted as our resurrection, so that the power of death is broken. When we understand all of that, then we will see that we have fulfilled the righteousness of the law, the, the demands of the law, by turning to Jesus, who is the righteousness of God. Do you get that? I'm sorry if it's too technical. As I say, I apologize. But as I say, there are those people out there, maybe some listening to this broadcast, who have been so carefully versed in Scripture that this verse, once they have lighted upon it and given a misinterpretation of it, torments them to this day. And so the gospel that shines in the book of Romans is stamped upon. Uh, the gospel that shines is had water poured upon it by this kind of false interpretation. So I encourage you, by faith, to go forward in Jesus, thanking God that he is your righteousness, he has taken away your condemnation, and when the law says to you, you obey me, you say no, you're the false law. The true law says, look to Christ, because he has done for you what I, the law, could never do. Well, I hope that wasn't too, wasn't too technical, and be assured that this program is very practical in the long run, so keep listening, and you'll find practical um, application for your life. And please, if you could help the program with your donations, do so. Send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.